Hey everyone, we are pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their career. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating Podcast. From Haaland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapino, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and check out Golden Goal, Stories of Soccer Legends, wherever you get your podcasts. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the man who openly wept tonight once Keith Lee became NXT champion, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? It was it was tears of joy. Um, I was really overjoyed by that match. We had a spoiler last week, <laughs> we so did. we knew the outcome. We did. But um, Jesus, that match delivered. It was... Uh, it was incredible. Those two are great, uh, and I'm so excited to see Keith Lee as the NXT champion. Oh, it's it's going to be really, really good. We'll talk more about that later. Obviously, we are of course brought to you by the best podcast network in the entire world, Blue Wire, and of course our friends over at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts, and if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users. Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And for our Spotify people, give us a follow. Just click it. It's super easy. Yeah, it's just it's it's simple. And and then you get us in your feed on a regular basis and you get to hear the sultry sound of my voice exactly. all the time. So yeah, make sure you subscribe there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can like it, hit the red button, do all the kind of things that we would appreciate leave comments do all that stuff please um, that's two jabronis with a wrestling podcast on youtube you can follow us at two jabronis pod on twitter and on instagram and in the br app you can follow me personally on twitter at jeremy a loss and you can follow ben at who's control that's control with a k now for some reason today i felt like we needed to be calling ourselves it doesn't matter what your podcast is called and like just bring it back for whatever reason a little throwback right yeah. yeah it just felt right like when you're doing the intro it's like it doesn't matter what your podcast is. I just felt like we'll, I needed to bring it back. We'll, we'll 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 bring it back at some point. You know, we got to pay homage to the the original iteration of the show, but we are evolving. We're uh, we're becoming bigger and better, or at least evolving, but <laughs> bigger and or better. But we're trying our uh, you know we're trying our darndest. By the way, just a quick uh, apologies for uh, missing our Friday show. My dumbass forgot it was uh, not forgot, but didn't realize that recording and uh, my anniversary with my wife coincided kind of on the same weekend. So I had so to like uh, one of these things just takes precedent here. So. Right. I, I try. I like planted the seed early in the week being like, you know, I, I may have to record on Friday or maybe Saturday and didn't make direct eye contact 
after suggesting that. <laughs> I just thought it would be better if we, uh, <laughs> if I didn't, you know, take an hour or probably more out of the day to, uh, you know, to talk about wrestling even more than I already do. And uh, I thought it was the most reasonable thing to just wait until today's episode. So if you're on the lookout, we do appreciate you downloading, watching, however you consume us. But uh, my apologies. I got to be better at planning out uh, the shows and anniversaries. Since you missed the episode on Friday, we do have a special episode coming up this Friday. Oh, we do. We're going to do our half year awards. I know they're a little late, but. Uh, we wanted to get in and give you guys what we consider to be our half year awards. We're going to do wrestler of the year, match of the year, uh, storyline of the year, biggest disappointment. So we have a pretty special show coming up on Friday. Um, but man, what a special night of wrestling tonight. That oh. was oh, incredible. It was very, very special. It's a, It was both part twos of uh, the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest. And that, of course, is tonight's main event. So here we are. This week's main event again. As I said, it was uh, it was part two of both NXT and AEW's, you know, pay per views. Uh, I guess you could say the, just the names attached to the shows. And uh, like last week, this week delivered very, very much so. <laughs> um, on yeah. the NXT side, there was obviously a big spoiler that was accidentally leaked. Accidentally, maybe not. I don't know. It was leaked. Accidentally. Yeah, um, the little little uh, little Mick Foley winning the uh, the WWE title esque, but not in a malicious way. Uh, I think this was, ge- I think it was genuinely an accident. Do, by the way, do you think it was genuinely an accident, or do you think it was a stunt? I think it was a stunt. I mean, that's a pretty big like when you're bringing your phone. Like if you have your phone at an NXT taping, especially now, like it's on purpose. Like there's right. no way you just like accidentally took a photo and accidentally posted it on social. Like that shit's on purpose. That was a, uh, that was a rough, like that was a rough way to mess up <laughs> because yeah. I mean, I think everyone, I, I mean, I'll be really, really interested to see the ratings numbers for this week uh, because, you know, will Keith Lee's victory, us knowing that ahead of time, will that have just drawn more people in because they wanted to see it? Um, you would imagine that you would imagine the NXT should have won or should win just based off of what the card looked like before, sure. like like going into the night. Like you have an NXT title match with two of the biggest stars headlining the card versus. I don't know if it was readily known that Orange Cassidy versus Jericho was going to be the main event tonight. Like, I don't know if that was it. Like, I felt like the, the tag team match was like, quote unquote, the headliner uh, going into the night. And then obviously sure. it shifted. But I think just based off of the cards on paper, I think NXT should be the winner in terms of the ratings. We'll see how it turns out tomorrow. But I mean, just kind of like based off of the way things have worked in the past, I would imagine NXT wins. And I think they win pretty handily. But will they win the 18 to 49? Because Chris Jericho will point Jesus, it out. Man. Uh, I'm yeah, just, that's. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm being. I mean, we're getting. Obviously. We're getting into the weeds. We're starting to do that, but yeah, yeah. It it will be interesting to see. Like, if NXT doesn't win the ratings war uh, uh, with this card, then there's a problem. Considering like they weren't going against Mox versus Brian Cage, like that would have been that would have been reasonable right. if they lost to another title match. But since they weren't going against that, 
if they lose, they're in, they're in some trouble. Um, but let's dive into it really quick. So let's let's kick off the night with talking about AEW. So they kicked off the their card with Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Private Party. Um, I actually predicted that Private Party would win the tag titles, and I, I thought so too. Uh, Was a little surprised that they lost. Uh, this this just yeah, seemed like, kind of like the, the moment to put them over. Right. Right. Like, why not just do the breakup? Like, let's just start it. Like, I'm ty- I'm already kind of tired. Like, the tag team is great. Like, Omega and Paige are great together. Yes. Paige has never looked better, but I'm tired of it. I want to see them break up and I want to see them have a feud because I think that'd be great. And I want to see Private Party with the tag belts. I think they're awesome. The shit that they do in the ring is unmatched as a tag team. Um, and I think they're an up and coming group. They have Matt Hardy uh, on their side for whatever reason. That was a weird dynamic considering he was part of the elite for Stadium Stampede. Shout out the shirt. Yeah. Um, he, but like, he's playing like a Michael Hayes type role, right? Like, like Michael yeah, Hayes played for the early Hardys. So yep. it's, um, I understand it from that perspective. I, I was on your side a little bit, a little confused that wasn't he basically part of the elite or like kind of elite adjacent. <laughs> uh, it, that yeah. was a little confusing. Uh, toward the beginning of his tenure in AEW, but yeah, man, I I thought Private Party was leaving with the tag titles for sure, and I didn't necessarily believe that Kenny and Hangman were going to break up then and there. I mean, they could have lost it cleanly, and then you know you start that feud kind of next week, where someone you start playing the blame game a little bit, or however you want to write yeah. that out. But this just kind of seemed like the opportune time to give Private Party the straps and. It would have been super legit. Like they're so fun to watch, man. Like every time they're on the screen, I don't know how you're not watching them. They're they're freaking incredible. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I I guess the only thing that you can say is probably the reason why they don't have the belts now is because I don't know how they would do with an actual storyline. Like they seem to just kind of flow into matches and flow into things. Sure, they haven't been in like a legitimate like title storyline so that'd be interesting to see how they would handle that but that's uh, I'm what sure they'd be great at it like isn't awesome. that what isn't what matt's there for though to kind of in right. essence yeah. be a little bit of a mouthpiece yeah um and, and kind of help drive a story because matt at this point could do any type of story he, he has literally a million characters he can choose from and he can kind of be that guy to be their guide but it's you know what uh, I wish he would be. Sorry to cut you off. I, no, I no. wish he would bring back like the uh, what was it like millionaire Matt Hardy or whatever his, his gimmick was when he was in TNA where he was like he was wearing fine suits and he just looked a little bit more dapper. Like I think it'd be great if he came out like that and he was like the bodyguard like he was sure. the bouncer <laughs> like that would be awesome. But um, yeah, I, I think private party should have the belts on. I, I never would have imagined that Kenny Omega and Hangman would continue to be a tag team this this long. I think they're ten and zero as a tag team as well. Like that's crazy, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're riding this thing out. We'll see how much longer they can go. Um, but they're doing some great work. It's just I want to see something new, and I want to see that breakup. Like I want to see that split. You know me. I love this. I love a good split, and I want to see it. And I want to see those two have a nice long singles feud because I think it'd be great. Um, on the flip side, NXT was counter-programming this with Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae, which was way more brutal than I was anticipating. Right. They beat the shit out of each other. 
Yeah. Um, it started out hot and it just kept going. And Mia Yim was wrestling in Tim's. Incredible. Incredible. By the way, incredible Huge shoe respect. choice. And I used to wear Tim's in high school. They're very empowering. Also completely <laughs> irrational to wear in California because it's never that cold. But in a wrestling ring, they actually make sense that you would use them because they're very heavy and they could actually do some damage. I don't know how the hell she moves the way that she does in them because, again, they 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 feel like bricks on your feet. I don't know how you work safely in those things. Like if you're right. putting the boots on somebody, like that's got to hurt. Yeah, legitimately. I, and so the one spot that stands out to me because I remember I like kept watching – after I saw it, I would watch. I watched the GIF over and over again. It was her kicking Candace off the stage through the table? Candace's head looks like it legit bounced off the concrete, and maybe it's just yeah, the it, angle that it was shot from or that I was watching it on. But that did not look pleasant <laughs> at all. Yeah, I mean they were taking some hellacious bumps. I think the the most brutal one was when Candice LeRae threw the pack of napkins at Mia Yim <laughs> and hit her hard with it. So. Um, they were doing stuff all over the performance center or no, they were in full sale. Uh, what are they in full sale? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're going all over full sale. Um, that finish was pretty bonkers considering they were on top of the table on the corner for a good, like three, four minutes balancing and hitting the shit out of each other. And then the swinging neck breaker onto the pile of chairs like that, that was a pretty substantial finish. Um, I think this puts an end to their feud. And I think Candace kind of catapulted herself into that upper echelon right underneath the, the, the title picture. Yes. It seems like they don't want to fully uh, go away from Candace and Johnny kind of living in the title picture. So I think she'll just kind of live in the background and maybe eventually get a shot at EO or, um, or Tegan. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the more fun, um, for lack of a better term, uh, street fights. I thought it was just really well done. I thought they both brought it, and I thought it, it made them both look really great. Yeah, street fights can get sloppy. There's the, I mean, that's the nature of the f- match <laughs> stipulation. But I thought the way they did it was, it, it didn't get repetitive, right? There was no... Yeah. Kind of, you know, I hate to take shots at this match, but it's because it kind of fell into this mold. But Edge Orton at WrestleMania, you know, no holds barred. It kind of just lent itself to kind of using everything backstage and not really any type of wrestling or storytelling, right? It was just kind of what yeah. can I use back here to take advantage of the no holds barred stipulation? This street fight still felt like a wrestling match. If that makes sense, yeah, it, it definitely didn't have the lulls like a, a normal street fight, right? Or a yeah, match because like so much goes into just like setting up a dangerous spot. Like you have to make sure you're in the right position. You have to make sure that you're hitting them with the right thing, and like so, there's quite a bit of lulls in action when it comes to this stuff. And they kept this thing moving, um, and really kept me entertained. So, kudos to both of them. I thought they they kicked off the night well, especially going against. EW's tag championships with sure. two of their stars. So, like for that, for NXT to to garner my attention during that as well, I thought that was a huge um, feather in their cap. And shout out um, to real quick before we move on, shout out to Candice for her work lately, right? Because up until this heel turn that she underwent, she changed her hair. Uh, this character change. Heel turn though. Say that again. Still, still hate the heel turn. I think it's stupid. I I mean the way it was done was still weird. Like, 
in that match specifically. I just think it it gave her the opportunity to, like you said, be in this upper tier of the women's division. Because up until this point, or up until she did the turn, she was just kind of floating there, right? There was just no clear direction about where she was going to go, what they were going to do with her. And now the, the, there seems to be that direction. At the very least, that's what they provided her and this type of character. So yeah, like the way it was done, the actual heel turn itself kind of still makes me cringe. Uh, and all I can picture in my head is still Gargano like taking a cup out of his pants, uh, which is, again, a very, very strange way to, to do a heel turn. But what they've done with her so far with this new character has, has been really refreshing. Yeah, she's been putting in the work. That's that's been evident. Um, she's always been an incredible worker and somebody that yeah. has paid her dues in the business. Like she's gone through a lot of stuff um, and worked on a lot of uh, indie companies and worked a lot of fucking crazy matches. I don't know if you ever saw the tag match she did against the Bucks, where she took a super kick with yeah. a shoe with pins in it, and she was bleeding profusely. Like she's a legend. Um, and now, I mean it. I guess it took a heel turn for her to be kind of back up into that upper echelon, but she's there. She deserves it. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested to see where she goes. I just don't like her or Johnny as heels. I think it's unnatural for them, but who am I? I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's probably just more for, this is a more for them type situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I mean, it, it might grow on you more. I think like, remember when Bailey first turned, it felt a little bit unnatural. And you're just, we were just kind of waiting for it to make sense. That would fucking make a lot of sense, right? (laughs) So with these turns, sometimes you just kind of need to let them age like a wine. Um, And, you know, at least it's not, at the very least, it's not one of those unnatural face turns. Those I think are by far worse than an, uh, you know, an unnatural or not used to it yet heel turn. Yeah, I think it's better to I think it's easier to learn how to be a heel mm-hmm. than it is to be a face. Like totally so much, an like, organic so face to, anyway. An organic right. Face. Like it's so much easier that, to learn how to be a chicken shit or how to just get people mad at you versus like getting people to love you. Like I think it takes a lot. And it, that's something that comes natural. Like John Cena is a natural baby face. Right. Like that guy just knows how to get people to like him. Yes, he gets heat, but at the same time, like he has always been a baby face since he, since he's worked. So, like, I think that stuff is just so much more natural, and it's it's something that you can't learn heels. You can actually learn some of the trades, tricks of the trade. So, um, let's stay in NXT. Let's shift gears to Johnny Gargano. He was in quite a match with Isaiah Swerve Scott. Oof, I mean, they this were was on quite the dance. Yeah, it they was... were putting in work. Swerve Scott is fucking incredible, man. He He's needs really to good. Be, really, he needs really to be good. boosted up a little bit more. Um, and I think that's what Johnny this program is. That's what this program is going to do for him. Like he's working a former, or he's you know a former NXT champion, NXT North American champion, tag champion, and this is going to catapult him, I think, into the upper echelon. Because, I mean, we'll kind of get into it a, little, a little bit later. I do think that there's going to be some room at near the top of NXT, right? Because I do think some people are on their way out. Um, mm-hmm. Some for better reasons than others. Uh, but he's, uh, he's really cementing his, his move up because, you know, he's, he's kind of been, he's been in NXT obviously for a long time and you kind of see him. We, we watched him in like these early matches when NXT moved to Wednesdays um, and, and moved to live. He, he would just kind of be in that second or third match, right? Just, you know, being one of those 
those hands who were there and you mm-hmm. could see that he had greatness in him, but he just kind of was being put in nothing matches. Now he's got some, something to put his sink his teeth into. And the, I'm super excited to see how that goes. Yeah, me too. Um, he just, he seems like a natural fit for what NXT wants to do. Right. I mean, they were going to put him in 205 Live for a little bit, and that's fine. But he just, his, he has a lot of charisma that kind of catapults him outside of that, like 205 kind of bubble. Yeah. He, he suits me as somebody that could be in a North American title picture here Absolutely. very soon. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, potentially getting up to the main uh, title picture. I don't know if he'll ever be NXT champion, but I think he can be somebody that at least challenges for it once or twice. Yeah. He just has that skill set. It's really entertaining to watch. Similar to like, he's, I would say, I hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way. I think he's like a poor man's ricochet in the sense of like, he puts on, he has a lot of high flying moves, but he's never going to be like the magician that ricochet is right. when he's in the ring. But like, he just has exciting, an exciting skill set. And the work that he did with Johnny tonight was was pretty damn great. They have good chemistry in the ring together. Johnny is a pro. He knows how to put people over, and he is, he's doing his job as an upper echelon talent um, that may not be in the title picture as like putting somebody else over. And even though he won tonight, he still put Swerve over. Like he was doing his job. So I think this is only going to catapult Swerve in the right direction. They have a star on their hands. He is fucking incredible. Yeah, uh, love really, everything about yeah. him. Totally. Okay. Shifting gears back to AEW. Uh, so there was the eight man tag match, but I do want to talk about this really quick. Taz had the announcement that he is bringing back the FTW belt. He <laughs> awarded it to Brian Cage. I mean, that belt's pretty fucking awesome. I love it's it. It's pretty dope. I saw somebody on Twitter say, like, oh, look, AEW has their own BMF belt now. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the original BMF belt. This belt's fucking badass. So, uh, anytime Taz is on the mic, I, I want to listen. He dropped some bars tonight. I can't wait to see this feud go. Like, I know they're going to extend this Mox feud because there's no way you can only do one match between these two, sure. especially with the heat that they're getting. So I can't wait to see how this feud evolves because Taz is very similar to Paul Heyman in my eyes. I was about like, to ask you that. I was about to ask you that. Do you think that he is the Paul Heyman or th- that he's now transitioned into the Paul Heyman of AEW. It's kind of like they're all, they're almost exact parallels of each other, right? Like they, yeah. they deliver these fire promos for their clients, right? Who are these big, huge dudes who can like, who lo- literally look like they could kill someone with their bare hands. Um, and just the way that Taz, the thing I, l- I love that Heyman does all the time is he always acknowledges the best in Brock's opponents, right? He's like, this is why you could beat Brock. These are, and he lists them out. He obviously goes on to say, you won't do it despite all those mm-hmm. things. Taz has that same thing where he, he makes, he doesn't completely just cut down Mox, right? Like he, he'll throw Mox some, some compliments here and there, but then he'll, he'll cut him deep or he'll say, you know, cage is coming for him. It's, it's, et cetera. And I, I just love that. I, lo- I love that kind of realism in the, in those promos that these guys aren't that delusional, right? That they, they recognize the talent that is possible. And uh, so I, I was just thinking that as I was watching Taz tonight, it was, it was very Heyman-esque. Yeah, I'm sure he learned a lot from Heyman over the years coming up in ECW. Right, I think, right. I just think that what he does 
he, like you said, it's natural. He he's not trying to force anything in terms of like putting his opponent down. He will kind of elevate them a little bit, but then kind of drop some barbs in there. And, and he does get the most out of TNT's curse budget. Like he drops, <laughs> he's as many pushing it as he can. He's yeah. pushing it. Um, but man, it just seems natural. It just seems like he is talking shit to somebody that he doesn't like. And that's what I like to know. Like, that's what I like to hear. Like, I like to hear something that just feels natural. Like if you were in the street and you were ready to, you're ready to fight somebody, this is kind of the, this is similar to what you would be hearing. Like, you know what I mean? So I think Taz is in a great position. He was, he was awesome in the booth during AEW dark. I thought he was a great addition there, but I think now that he is part of the show and bringing Brian cage along for the ride, I think this is only great for Brian cage. And I think Taz is just kind of being, showing that he is the legend for a lot of people that probably weren't around or weren't watching wrestling when he was doing uh, announcing at WWE or even wrestling for ECW. Like, so I think people are now starting to get a sense as to who Taz is and the gift that he has when he is on the mic. So awesome stuff. Can't wait to see that FTW belt more and more. Um, jumping into this eight, eight man tag match. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is the greatest eight man tag match I've ever seen in my life. It, this was, just fucking I mean the perfect the talent involved you know just on paper you're like oh yeah this is gonna be really good the butcher and the blade were kind of just there they, they were there to fill yeah, out the eight the, man they were along for the ride right but the other six dudes are some of the best workers in professional wrestling period so when you have that ingredient already those ingredients I should say it was bound to be fire. I still can't get over that over-the-top destroyer onto everyone. Uh, like that, that's just like, an how ins- do you think of that shit? Like, are you like sitting in the back? Like, so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna catch you going over the top rope, and I'm gonna destroy you into the crowd. Like, who thinks of that shit? Like, who thinks of that? Who thinks of the spot where I think it's Matt and Pentagon or Matt and who was it? Was it Pentagon? It might have been Pentagon. Oh, and they're they hopping in the, the, the corners? And then the they corner? hopped on the corners. Yeah. And then Matt hit him with a hurricanrana. With a rana, like, yeah. Ooh. I was like, what? It's in, What it's are nuts. we doing here? It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think like what they can come up with. And I mean, it's not the first time the Bucks and Lucha Bros have been in the ring together, right? So like they constantly have had to think of different shit to do. And like like you said, I don't know how you think of that because we I think we've been watching wrestling for so long that we think we've seen every move that's humanly possible. I think so. The, the human body can only contort and move in so many ways. Those are two spots that I've never seen in my life as a, as a as a lifelong wrestling fan. That was insane. Yeah. I mean, this was just something that we we should have expected it. Like you said, we had six or three of the best tag teams in the world in the same ring together. Like we should have expected some fucking shenanigans and craziness, but like it blew away my expectations because eight man tag matches uh, are naturally just boondoggled, like craziness, like boondoggled. Is that a word? I'm going to fucking go with it. I, I know care. what you mean though. <laughs> Whether it's a word <laughs> like, or not, I know like, what you mean. They're just a mess, you know? And, and for for them to actually get a coherent match out of this with some craziness um, and actually kind of tell a story because they've right. already started to hint at FTR and the Bucks because that's how the finish was. Like, 
Nick kicked, I think it was Dash in the face, and then that's how they got the finish. Like, so they were able to do all that in the confines of an eight man tag match. I mean, bravo to all of them. They put on a fucking show. Um, easily, easily the highlight, the early highlight of Fighter Fest Night Two. Um, we'll get more. We'll talk more about the the other highlight, but I, I can't speak highly enough of this one. I think FTRs kind of have already reaped the benefits of being in AEW. This is the best they've looked in years. Yeah, they look reinvigorated. You yeah, know, they, they, they were look, they were floating into nothingness during their the last couple of days there in WWE, uh, and they they look like they're ready to just. They just seem I'm sure they're loving life. Oh, I'm sure they're just overjoyed at what they're doing right now. They were drinking beers on live TV last week, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they they get it. They know it's up. Yeah, now it's just like the countdown into until we get them in a tag team title match. If that's against Hangman and I mean it'd be cool if this if this is where they're gonna go with this because it seems like they're gonna keep Hangman and Page or Hangman and Omega together for a while. FTR beats the Bucks and then moves on to the other side of the elite. That's a pretty cool storyline that they yeah, can like, like run that. through the elite to get the tag tag belts. Um but I mean I'm I'm over the moon for them because it seems like they were they were in hell. For a little while in their in their final run, final days in WWE, and now they're in tag team heaven that is AEW, Literally. <laughs> and they're reaping the rewards of it. No, for uh, for sure, and it's it's cool to see. I mean, I, I think I talked about this when they first came over to AEW. I was never huge on the revival. Like, I got it. I understood why they were as revered as they were, and you know, they are great workers. They, there was just something that there was some disconnect between them and and the WWE audience. Like I constantly felt that even from day 1 like when they uh, they made their debut on Raw and you know crazy pop, right? That night you're like, okay, these dudes are it. And just just from then on, it was this downward trajectory for them unfortunately, and they can they never really fully recovered. I, I know I think I forgot which one of them basically immediately like broke his jaw or got hurt right away and that kind of stunted their uh, their progression early on wasn't that against Enzo and Cass? So yeah, I feel like yeah. it was. It was really early on when they moved up to uh, to Raw, mm-hmm. and so I think that might have hurt them. But I just never felt they fully reached their maximum potential. And I think that now that they've kind of thrown all of that out the window, and it's it's a brand new, fresh start in AEW, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, I think that I just think they're. Their style of work and their style of tag team wrestling didn't work, gel with the main roster. Sure, it seemed very cl- like old school. Um, also, they had probably the worst entrance music in the in the in the company. The I hated their music. Yeah, it was, and uh, for whatever reason, whenever their music came on, as much as I loved them in their in ring work, I would be immediately turned off because it just sucked so bad. Yeah, yeah, it just um, there was just a whole lot that you know WWE dropped the ball with them. They fumbled. And it, it was just, it was a big bummer because I do believe that they wanted to stay if there was just more for them to do. And there just frankly wasn't. I mean, the tag team division in general in WWE right now is kind of a joke. Uh, just, just the way they move the belts around or or don't. I mean, New Day's, uh, obviously New Day and Street Profits are, are they're so trying to do their legit, thing. I legit forgot the Street Profits had the tag belts. Because they're doing stupid shit with the Viking Raiders or whatever. Right. And like I just I had flat out forgotten that they still had the raw tag team belts because this doesn't seem like they're being defended. They're doing stupid shit with the Viking Raiders and 
just wasting that talent and that and that hot hot tag team so which is kind of the was the, ta- the revival's point right or ftr's point on their way out was if this is ha- gonna be how you treat the division like we don't want any part of it <laughs> right we're, we're gonna head over to aw where we they actually do take it seriously like again the fact that that an eight-man tag match got that over is insane that that, that, that yeah. just doesn't have wwe takes six-man eight-man ten-man tags they treat that as a joke over there and um tonight was just super super refreshing to see that again just another reminder that the tag division in aew is beyond stellar it's so so good yeah it's like it's night and day it is crazy how much better the aew tag team division is it's, it's i think wild. that's what i mean i guess that's that's like the that's what happens when you have a an illustrious tag team as one of your VPs, like you have the right. Bucks kind of leading the way. They're so going to make like, okay, sure. Of course, they're going to they're going to invest in tag team wrestling, so they always have somebody to kind of go against. And man, they've really done incredible work. It's also crazy that like the tag team that actually has the belts right now wasn't a tag team when the AEW was created. So like that's another wild thing, and they've actually been pretty damn good. So moving on. Well, wait before to- before we go to the flip side and talk about the match that. I couldn't wait to talk about. It. Let's pay some bills. Let's, uh, let's be okay. responsible okay. podcast hosts and pay these bills. Let's take a quick break and talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One. And the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, futures odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. I'm betting the Padres to go 59 and one. So <laughs> I've already betted that. Uh, uh, you're gonna lose that in three days. <laughs> check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BlueWire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. And again, bet online does work. We uh, we received confirmation <laughs> from again our friend who we will not name for fear of their safety that you get cashed out through bet online. Is that tax though? I don't know. I mean, maybe. he never answered my question. I, I, I think I think he I think he fled the country. <laughs> He's taking the money and not paying taxes on it. We're not again. We're we're protecting uh, our friend here. But shout out to him. He knows who he is. But he bet, lucky, bet online. Bet online helped him out with some uh, with some stuff financially. Let's just yeah. let's just put it that way. Okay, so let's let's dive into these main events. Um, let's let's start with with AEW. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Okay, hold on. Before we dive in, this was probably the hardest thing for me to do as a wrestling fan tonight. Like watching Keith Lee versus Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho at the same Back time. Back and forth, fucking. <laughs> hell it was so hard because they were both so good um we all expected keith lee versus adam cole to be fired and it was but man orange cassidy and chris jericho really fucking brought it tonight orange cassidy's a star period if you don't like him you're an idiot so good he is incredible um this match would have been so fire if there was a crowd because that crowd would would have went bonkers. Uh, they would have absolutely hated Chris Jericho. He would have got a lot of heat. 
um, and the roof would have blown off the place when Orange Cassidy started to like just build up and actually have some offense, similar to what happened when he faced Pac. But yeah, he is uh, somebody that kind of started out from nothing in, in AEW. Like he was, people were excited about it, but a lot of people just really didn't know who he was because he is he was an indie wrestler who had this gimmick that people didn't really understand, and now he is easily, easily, and I say this like a hundred percent, like I mean this. He is one of the top three stars in that business and that company flat out. Oh yeah. It's not even close. He's a draw. He's a draw now, which is insane to think about. Cause I mean, when he first showed up on the scene in AW, it just kind of looked like he was going to be one of those acts or like a comedy act, mm-hmm. but they've like, the, I just want to talk about the build up to this match specifically. I thought it was super, super well done. Right. Yep. Just Jericho, putting him over constantly um, kind of making it feel real with the feud with hitting him with the bag of oranges, which look on, on, on the surface and on paper, that sounds ridiculous, right? But when you look at it, it's actually an attempted murder because a bag of oranges is super heavy. And um, <laughs> to, to do, to use another man's name against him as a weapon that makes it personal. I'm kind of kidding. Also pretty serious. So it was uh, just the build made this match feel even more special. And the fact that AEW was comfortable enough to say, look, our main event against our competition is going to be Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy speaks volumes more so about Orange Cassidy than Jericho because Jericho is going to be a main event draw regardless, right? The fact that they were confident enough to say, we're... You know, we trust Orange Cassidy to kind of carry his half, uh, to carry his share of this match. That's huge. That's huge for him, yeah. and he he absolutely delivered tonight. Yeah, he he carried his weight. Jericho again shows why he is one of the greatest of all time. He is he really kind of took this story to another level. He bought into working with Orange Cassidy. I think that's a lot of that's a big thing that a lot of people have to do because his gimmick is so unique. Um, you have to buy into the fact that it's going to be a little absurd at times. Like it's going to be right uh, uncomfortable, but if you buy in, people are going to, people are going to be into it. They're going to have a lot of fun. And then eventually you're going to have a match. That's actually really fucking good. Cause orange Cassie is incredible. I mean, he does shit with his hands in his pockets that a lot of people can't do normally. <laughs> um, and Jericho was working with them and they were, they were going at a pace that was pretty fucking fast. Um, they had Santana and Ortiz uh, on the sideline or outside of the ring with orange juice. I thought that was a, a pretty cool little touch. Nice touch. But yeah. Um, and I also really like the, the little things that AEW does with Chris Jericho matches where they always have Aubrey as a ref. Like I like that right. because they have a good dynamic. There's another wrinkle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a fun little wrinkle there. Um, and I think, I think Chris Jericho has also proven his worth, his worth uh, to AEW. He he ushered in the, the the title, made that title feel worthy, put Mox over. Now Mox is a huge star. And now he's doing this with with Orange Cassidy and making another star. Chris Jericho is, uh, has been invaluable when it comes to AEW and building up its its roster. So I think everything about this was great. I still hate I, I, I still hate Judas Effect. Can I can I throw that out there? The song or the move? The move. It's I hate both of them. <laughs> 
I know how you feel about uh, Fozzie's music. The song sucks. I uh, know everybody loves the song. Sing it. The song sucks. Fozzie sucks. I, like, <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know how hard this is. Like, I'm cutting that out. I want Jericho on the show. No, <laughs> no, they suck. Like they're not good. Oh God, that's gonna get cut out. Said to Chris Jericho, um, we're, like, we're so I, dead. I, like it was cool when they had the the acapella group come out and sing Judas because I didn't have to hear Jericho's terrible voice. Like that, that, that was cool. Um, but like everything else about them sucks. They're like an 80, they're like a failed eighties hair metal band. Like, and they're still going. And so whatever. Um, I hate the, the, the move mo- more than you hate the music. How about that? I mean, yeah, I mean the moves it's, it makes sense. For a finisher. It's just, it's the a move bit too quick. Yeah. The, the move as like a as a wrestling move, fine. It makes sense. You can kind of hit it out of nowhere. It's unexpected. As a finisher, and especially for someone like Jericho, all his other finishers or his signature moves are so iconic. And you're like, oh yeah, like you know, Walls of Jericho, Lion Salt, all that stuff. I really I'm bought still into. Sucker for the Codebreaker. Codebreaker, incredible. Uh, you know which. Ricochet now uses uh, whenever he's on TV <laughs> and oh, when he's on main event or when yeah. he's on main event, just lighting it up with Andrade and God, man, that pisses me off so bad. It's two incredible stars and they're on fucking main event. I can't believe it. That match is fire though. Louis, uh, Louis Dangor, who we, I, I, he's the one who initially put that picture out of that match. He, when he was on the show, he said, you got to watch it. It's, it's actually really good. So, uh, am I mad that they were on main event? Absolutely. Am I mad at the match itself? No. It was. Uh, How much time did they get? Like fifteen minutes? They got some time. The main event has. I mean, they if they're got, getting time on main event, then I mean, I guess it's fine. They got like they got time to fill, so it was. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, yeah. Worth it. So going back to AEW, I think now is, I think you keep this feud going. I think you can keep it going through fight uh, fight for the fallen. Um, you can maybe do another another match down the line. Maybe you do something with. A, a six man you do Santana and Ortiz and Jericho versus best friends in Orange Cassidy maybe that's some, another way you can kind of extend it yeah. and build out a feud with inner circle but I think I think it's clear now Orange Cassidy's in the main event picture he is a star in that company and you just keep riding that wave and see how far it can go um on the flip side let's talk about it match of the night Woo. biggest moment of the night Keith Lee is now your NXT North American and NXT champion after just a fucking banger of a match with Adam Cole. Uh, We all expected it, but man, they really brought the house down. This would have been, again, if there was a crowd, if this was a takeover match on SummerSlam weekend, this would have been the biggest match of the night or biggest match of the weekend. This would have just brought the house down. Um, Quite a moment. Huge moment. moment. And before I get to the actual serious stuff, can you, I, I have to text him to see how he feels about it. Adam Knopfler is probably beyond thrilled because he had the first pick in our, in our roster redraft and he took Keith Lee number one overall. And he, he was, I think he was doing it for a little bit of shock value, but both of us were like, man, it's a good pick. I do that in terms, Oracle, of, man. in terms of, in terms of upside, in terms of, you know how good they are now, and and what they can be. Knopf hit it out the park, and dude, Keith Lee. So my first memory of Keith Lee, or at least seeing him in person, was remember that NXT show we hit up in San Jose. I want to say it was like a year and yeah, a half it was like ago. A high school gym. Yeah, yeah. It was you know it was just a house show. 
you, we randomly got tickets, I think that day. And he was like kind of in the second or third match of the night, just kind of there to fill out the card. And he, he was doing some crazy stuff. And even then, you know, you're kind of like, oh, he's going to be good. How good? We didn't know. And then all of a sudden this year happens or the past couple of months happen. And you're like, oh, this dude is a monster. And just yeah. from like that moment of being like, oh, yeah, he's going to make an impact for sure on with NXT to now being the face of NXT and like the face, the future face of WWE at some point, in my opinion, because I'm assuming Vince is super high on him given you know, the spots that he put him in when he was, you know, on WWE programming. And by that, I mean, like, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, etc. Mm-hmm. Raw, that Raw where he jumped over the top. So, th- you know, tonight was just a culmination of, like, I think everything leading up to it that, you know, this was his star-making moment, like, officially. And he's going to be the future of this company for a very very long time like he could he he can just do stuff that every time i see it is just surreal like every time he does a moonsault I, I, there's just no reason a man of his size should be able to move the way that he does and work the yeah. way he does yeah it's it's incredible he is a physical specimen who is has just unlimited potential he's got incredible charisma um and he just draws you in i I think if i remember correctly he was in the second match of that that nxt show that we went to and he was in a feud with kona reeves who came out after the match oh yeah Um, and it was it was really really awkward Mm -hmm. but i want to say what really kind of changed his trajectory for me is he was doing great work in nxt for a while and then he had that feud with dominic dijakovic yeah they just start putting on fucking banger bangers banger after banger and then they had that match at NXT Portland where they were doing some quiet, like some crazy shit. Um, and then it just kind of clicked. And then he was in Survivor Series and then he was in the Royal Rumble. And now he is the NXT champion. It just kind of all like it all just flowed from those early matches with Dominic Djokovic. And now he is the face of NXT. And that's great. I think he, he can really lead this brand going forward because I think Adam Cole has gone. I think he's oh, gone up to the main roster. A thousand percent. And I think I think we'd kind of thought that early on when we were talking about this match. What kind of cements that thought for me was Triple H posting about Cole's run on his mm-hmm. Twitter. You know how Triple H or he always takes a picture with kind of like the new cha- if there's a new champion, uh if there's a new signee. Very rarely does he ever post anything about someone after they lose. Right. And yeah. he posted that about Cole tonight. You know, talked about his run uh, or his, his reign as champion 401 days or 400 days or whatever it was. And that to me signaled the fact that, that Cole is on his way to raw or SmackDown, like for sure. Yep. And it's, it yeah. could, it could be as early as this week because raw and SmackDown need some new life. Something. They need yeah, some they need new life something. desperately. And if it's, I hope it's all of Undisputed Era because they should keep them together. Um, but if, if at the very least, maybe it's Cole first to test the waters, fantastic. Because Adam Cole is so goddamn good. He's so, so yeah, good. He could be a he can be a massive star on, on Raw or SmackDown. 
I think we've talked about this before. Like he is the second coming of, of Shawn Michaels. He is um, just an incredible in-ring worker. He has awesome mic skills. I don't think he can get over like super easily uh, on the main roster. I, I hope that they bring Undisputed Era with him. It was kind of weird that Undisputed Era, like they had the the team show up during a commercial and they never went back to it. And then like they didn't actually show up during the match, which kind of actually refreshing for me because it seemed like for a while there, every Adam Cole match had shenanigans from Undisputed Era. So to right. see him just have a, a straightforward match with no shenanigans was actually kind of refreshing. But it was just weird that Undisputed Era was barely on the show. And when they were on the show, it was during a commercial. Also, Kyle O'Reilly just has an incredible beard. I don't know how he grew that beard, yeah. but man, it is just <laughs> He took his time gorgeous. off TV to uh, let, let really let that thing flourish. It is... yeah. It's fantastic. I can never grow a beard like that. I have Paul Pierce syndrome where it just like comes in patches and it just it looks awful. But um, I would take yeah. that in a heartbeat. I can't grow facial hair to save my life. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Cole's gone. I think now it's Keith Lee, and then it looks like we're getting Carrying Cross in there too because they had just an awesome shot after the match where you have Carrying Cross and Scarlett sitting at the top looking down on Keith Lee while he's on celebrating. A celebration, yeah, that was just, fantastic. I know we shot. shit about we shit on on WWE production a lot because they're terrible, um, but sometimes they do some excellent work when it comes to just foreshadowing and getting the right shot. And this just so happened to be one of them. I, I know I put out a, I put out a tweet, I think yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday for the 24th anniversary of the turn by Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. And I put out a tweet just saying, imagine how many cut like unnecessary cuts to the crowd would have happened if this was by the WWE. And like, I think this was benefited by the fact that there wasn't a crowd because I don't know if we would have got that carrying cross shot because that thing was awesome. I love really that kind good. of stuff. Um, It'll be interesting to, I mean, obviously he's going to target the NXT title. Mm-hmm. Could they throw a curve and have them be like, I want the North American title for some reason. No. I, it just seems super awkward to me to do that. But I mean, I don't know. Keep us on our toes. I don't know. I mean, he's going to go for the, for obviously for the main title. Uh, I just don't know where that kind of leaves the North American title moving forward. I, I'm, he's obviously going to drop it to someone at some point. Uh, You'll have to drop it in a match where he doesn't get pinned. Right. Like a triple threat situation. Uh, yeah. Either that or like a ladder match. Or a ladder match, which which would be who, if he were to drop it to someone, who is your pick for that right now? Finn Balor. I'm going Damian Priest. I mean, that's not a bad choice either. I just think Finn, since he can't have the NXT UK belt, might as well give him the North American. But he's got, I feel he, like he's going to be in the main title picture too, No. He's just kind of floating around because I think they're really saving him for that Walter match. Oh, he's right. just literally just kind of floating around. So that's fair. That's I don't fair know. Point. He's in a weird spot because, yeah, it'd be great to see him in the main main title picture, but like, he, I don't know if you want to put the belt on him, put that belt on him. Maybe you put yeah. the, I think the North American and the NXT UK make a little bit more sense, just because he's one of the like more well-known NXT champions. I don't know if it really makes sense for him. Oh, and I guess he, I mean, you're right. The North American title still makes sense for him because he never won it, right? That came after his time there. So, okay, I can see that. But, no, I mean, 
I think the point, though, is Keith Lee has a healthy amount of competitors for either of his titles. Mm-hmm. And it's going to provide some incredible, incredible matches. And I, I, I mean, I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. And I mean, I also, they I also might... saw something pretty interesting. Um, I saw a tweet saying that 11 of the f- 11 of the 15 major title holders in the WWE are people of color. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. Finally. It's granted the the two main belts are still hold uh, still held by um white guys, but like at least the vast majority of the major belts are actually being held by people of color. I think that's a, a good positive change for the WWE because they tend to always just give their belts to like the big buff white guy. So the fact that we're or when they do there. make like someone like Kofi, you know, world champion has an incredible run. And just, I st- I'm still not over the way that he dropped the title. That's still yeah. to my core, just really, really upsets me. And I was going back through my, I, I totally forgot that that happened in 2019. I was like going back through the first half, trying to remember like when that happened. Cause that was going to be like my biggest disappointment. I was like, Oh shit, that happened in like October. October. Yeah. Like the and debut like, on Man. Fox. Time uh, is just like I've lost all sense of time because of COVID. I've oh yeah, we're just, just lost. We're just all sense of yeah, time. Yeah, it's the Spider-Man meme. Every day is every day, every day is kind of uh, the same. I, I so kind of looking ahead to next week. Obviously, AEW has uh, Fight for the Fallen in the works. They're going to finally run the Mox Cage title uh, title match. I'll be interested to see how NXT kind of counters that. I know they have. Uh, you know, EO and Tegan, uh, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes, like that's on the table already. I feel like there there might be even more aggressive counter programming. And I mean, I guess Keith Lee being the first double NXT champion on TV is counter programming in of itself. And, you know, that'll be fun to watch. But I, I'm just, I, I'll be very, very int- interested to see who they set him up with directly or do they set him up with multiple people for mul- for the multiple titles at the same time? I don't know. It's- I think, I think they, so I think it's, a, it's going to be interesting because I don't think they're going to like flat out come out with carrying cross right away. I think carrying cross is going to be playing. I think they're going to do like mind games with him and kind of sure. have him in the shadows. So they may be doing something with a North American title to start. I think that's how that's going to, ha- that's going to be the way they kick off the show. I think EL versus Tegan is, obviously it's going to be the main event and i think that sure. goes against mox versus cage which is fine um but aew man they really kind of stack the deck here so they have ftr versus the lucha bros which is going to be great the elite versus jungle express which again will be great <laughs> i mean I, I can't wait for that match the interesting part here is cody's doing an open challenge and according to our our buddy ryan drosty that is when the um non-compete non-compete yes sorry my brain is there for it's fine the non-compete kind of the non-compete goes away and there's a man out there who is good friends with cody who needs a job his name is zach Ryder, aka matt cardona that's right formerly known as zach Ryder. so right i mean there's a good chance he comes he's the guy to answer the bell yeah i mean that wouldn't shock me, and I think if they're if they've kind of been biding their time the past two weeks to really have a week where they could, you know, 
knock WWE and NXT out, it is this week. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, or it's next week. I'm sorry. So they're. I think they're going to go for it. I think Cardona debuts next week, and uh, it'll be. It's going to be another. Could it be a three straight fire weeks on both shows? I'm. Uh, I mean, I don't it know, could man. be. That's... I don't know if my body can take it. I mean, that, this was <laughs> these last two shows that were. I mean, I loved every minute of it, but at the same time, it's difficult watching those two wrestling shows at the exact same time. It's just like an over overflow of just wrestling. Um, the the other thing is like, how many of those wrestlers that were let go by the WWE haven't had a place yet, like haven't landed somewhere? Because it looks like a lot of them are going towards Impact at this point. Yeah, Heath is back on WWE. I believe that was a one-off from what I read on, was it? Yeah, I believe I read that it was a one-off and that he is, he's slated to, I think his first appearance is going to be Gals and Anderson's side project. Uh, I forgot what it's called. The name of it is escaping me right now. Obviously, Gals and Anderson are headed towards Impact. I think it just Gallows kind of, looks fucking ripped. Did yeah, you see that photo by yeah, the way? He's Jack. Gallows looks great. Heath looked great. Heath, Heath looks look, Yeah. He's been he's been getting after shit. it. Yeah, he's been getting after it. And I loved his free agent shirt that he rocked on Raw. That was that was killer. So I think that's Heath's first thing. So I don't know um where everyone else is heading. Um in, or in terms of, seems like he's going back to impact. I think he's going well, they teased that super hard. They played his yeah. freaking music. And they said his name on the air, so I, I think he maybe they're waiting for Slam Anniversary for him to make his. Uh, that's going to be another thing that is going to be probably a fire show is Slam Anniversary because a lot of those people who were released by WWE earlier on, I think we're going to see a lot of them on that show. And uh, yeah, yeah. Impact's again, like you've talked about this a lot. Impact is doing some great work, and you know I know we don't talk about them a whole lot. Um, on the show because we try to <laughs> there's only so much wrestling we can watch and we, we try to watch as much as we can and we talk about what needs to be talked about but man there's a when you have kids there's just a line that you have to draw <laughs> in the sand where yep. uh, you know this is where it is but uh, I'll def- we'll definitely be checking out Slammiversary so it's going to be the next couple of weeks are just going to be absolutely fire and it's um you know, it's kind of been much needed, uh, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, definitely much needed. Uh, one more, a couple more things before we we sign off for the night. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this, but MJF and Penelope Ford, the dog, actually <laughs> yeah. won the Puppy Battle Royal. Of course, MJF, MJF, the dog winning the Puppy Battle Royal is just a sign that we cannot have good things. So, um, I didn't oh. see the bet online odds for that, and uh, I mean, so. I would have. Yeah, I should have took a bet on that one. We should have hit up um, um, Locky Town for, for the yeah. AEW Puppy Battle Royal odds. I mean, shout out to our bros over at Locky Town getting some solid guests. They oh, had there. Harold Varner, Harold Varner the third on their show. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, they're they're bringing in the guests. So if you guys want some betting advice, we'll bring them. Maybe we'll bring them back for a uh, for a little SummerSlam action. I don't know. Yeah, we we, we got to bring them back for a big show. They were our first okay. video pod, so we got to we got to yeah. bring them back now that we've kind of figured out all of the. Uh, all the technical stuff on this side. Yeah. Um, and then before we, before we sign off tonight, I wanted to get your take on the new U S title. We had, we had posted a photo um, this week when they, when they revealed it, uh, I actually kind of 
put out my rankings for all the belts in the WWE, which was painstaking because there's a shit ton. <laughs> um, you went on a string of tweets to rank them. Yeah, I man, that was that was rough. My wife was just staring daggers at me because it was bedtime for the kids. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this ranking up. I gotta I rank these belts. <laughs> I was like, important things here. I gotta rank some belts, um, and I'm pretty sure I had the. Uh, the new U.S. belt, I think, in the fourth position, um, because I actually really enjoy this belt. I think it looks great. I, I actually I do like it, and I probably like it. I mean, it's it's a clean looking belt, and the details on it are really really solid. My favorite part of it, though, honestly, is from far away at a certain angle, it looks like the bird on the belt is wearing giant sunglasses. And yeah. that to me so, is so funny, and, but I mean the I've rest seen, of it. I've seen the, I've seen the sunglasses, and I've also seen people draw dicks out of that because <laughs> it looks like two balls. Uh, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got that in so, toward the end of the show. I actually have, I, I have it third in my title belt ranking. So I have the NXT third? UK. Wow. Championship. Yes, NXT UK Championship is number one. American title is number two. U.S. belt number three, and the SmackDown Women's Championship is number four. I just love those belts. The NXT UK belt is fucking unmatched. It's a, gorgeous. It might be the best belt. Yeah, it's it's the best belt in a really, really long time. It's it's a beautiful I'll belt. I'll give you a hint on what number three, uh, what the last one is. It's green. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Power Ranger belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually have, like, my, my final five are the NXT tag belts, the Universal Ta- Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, both tag team belts because they're fucking ugly. Um, and then the 24-7 championship. I, those, while those we're on the belt topic, belts. I miss the white Intercontinental title. I know, you know, the current Intercontinental title gets a lot of love uh, just, you know, on wrestling Twitter. I, the people white one. Love? Yeah, I've seen the, <laughs> I've seen some people give it some. I don't know. Maybe it's it's a, they prefer that color. I don't know. But just the white one. The, um, when you know, I'm thinking Seth Rollins' run, The Miz's run, etc. That belt was just so clean, and it, it's it's a it's a classic belt, right? They used to, you know, a lot of Intercontinental champions have held the white, clean belt, and it's mm-hmm. this one is fine, but it, like you said, it's it's just, it looks like kind of a generic belt, and it it doesn't yeah. have the prestigious look. For uh, for the IC title, so that's a bit of a bummer. That's that's just my yeah. rant while we were talking. I'm about... also I'm also a sucker for a white leather strap. Like I just like the the white yeah. strap versus the black strap. It just pops a little bit more. Like that SmackDown Women's Belt with the white strap with the blue background. Just it just hits Looks your great. eyes and it really yeah. does pop. Same with the women's tag belts. But I happen to really enjoy this this new US belt. I think it's much better than the old one. I don't know if it's as good as the old U.S. belt that was a spinner for a little while. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I, I remember yeah. all spinner belts. <laughs> I mean, the spinner who, belt, who the spinner, ta- the spinner WWE Championship. We had that the BR at BR. And that was our. It was an title elite belt, belt for winning knockout. Knockout, and I yeah. I won it one time. And I wore that belt around the office the entire day. So um, that belt holds a special place in my heart. But yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of this. So. I think this is a step up in the in a step in the right direction for for WWE belts uh, because they've been putting out some horrendous ones lately. I mean, yeah, whoever, whoever designed this belt deserves a raise. Vince, get on right. that. This is a great now job. They just need to fix those. They need to fix those tag belts because those things look like they're straight out of like yeah, 
they're not great. Walmart. Like they're just awful. They have no, no so generic shine to them. They're just so, awful. So generic. Oh, I mean, man. just give New Day their own belts because they've had they've had they've the tag had belts them. Yeah, just they, give them. The they deserve their own belts. We want it. Yeah, they, they probably they could probably design an amazing belt, not even trying. And the, those yeah. guys are All just right. incredible at everything that they do. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here because we've been talking about belts oh. for, too, for far too long. Make sure that you follow us on on social at Two Jabronis Pod. That's on Instagram and on Twitter and in the BR app, by the way. Um, and you can also follow us at two jabronis with wrestling podcast on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and like it as well. Um, and then you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy a loss and you can follow Ben at cruise control. That's control for the K. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review and for our Spotify people, just Hit us with that follow. It's uh, we're, we're we're trying to show more love to the Spotify people. I got, I got a couple messages asking why you know we didn't tweet out Spotify links as much, which we which we've been trying to do more lately. We've been hitting you with the uh, the Apple, Spotify, and YouTube Bitlies to uh, save room on Twitter and as well. We're we're getting fancy now. We got multiple links. We're trying to get that Spotify money. So <laughs> yeah, you know we're we're heading in the right direction. Um, a, a huge thanks to everybody who has listened to us throughout this this run. Uh, we we greatly appreciate it. So yeah, make sure that you subscribe to our channels, uh, like us on on social, and and do the damn thing. All right, everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. As always, we will catch you this this weekend, this Friday, with our mid-year awards we'll come up with a better name maybe you guys can help us come up with like our award show name two jabronis of the wrestling podcast award show just kind of bland it's kind of boring the, i don't um, know if we should try <laughs> we'll put it out on the slimies nope mid-year slimies. no no no, um, no. <laughs> well we'll put no. it we'll put it we'll take it to the tweets and you half you, you can all uh <laughs> half <laughs> that does, that sounds disgusting and uh just <laughs> help us come up with a name for for our award show in the meantime keep washing your hands keep staying home as much as you can stay safe wear a mask um and as always uh, and forever black lives matter all right everyone we will catch you on friday peace This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.